0: who stands in our place, God does have mercy on us, and through the death of Jesus forgives us all of our sins. Therefore, as a called and ordained servant of that same Jesus in his place and only by the authority of his command, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. At this time, I want to invite the Morrow family forward as we are in this season of Lent. And in the season of Lent, we remember that Jesus actually walks to the cross to pay the price for our sins. And each week, we extinguish another candle to remember that path to the cross. So I'll say the words that are not in bold, and you guys will respond with the words in bold. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for in this way it is right for us to fulfill all righteousness. There we are, three steps closer to the cross. At this time, we also reflect on the fact that just as Jesus makes such, this, such an awesome sacrifice for us by giving up his life He calls us to make little sacrifices for him through our offerings. And we remember this morning in Luke chapter 21, the widow gave a mite. Just a little bit, everything she had to live on for Jesus, for God, and for his kingdom. And today we remember all of those women in the Lutheran Women's Missions League who give so much of their service, so much of their time, and so much of their treasures for the kingdom of God. If you're giving an offering today, you can give it in the black boxes as you leave or through the St. Luke's app. Let's join together and confess the Christian faith that actually brings us all together using the words of the Apostles' Creed. And when we do this, we get a chance to celebrate the God who loves us so much. So when we say the name of God, I want to invite you, Give jazz hands to celebrate this name of God, okay? So let's begin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We step now into that message portion of our scripture. And last week... If you remember, if you were here, we talked about why Jesus comes, and through the words of Simeon, we actually learned a little bit about why we live our entire lives. But today, we see Jesus baptized, and the question that is answered is not why, but who. So let's hear about Jesus' baptism in our video for today.
1: John the Baptist lived in the wilderness. His clothes were made out of camel's hair and he wore a leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey. John began telling people, repent and be baptized because God's kingdom is almost here. Long before John was born, the prophet Isaiah said, someone is shouting in the wilderness. He says, prepare the way for the Lord make his paths straight. Isaiah was talking about John. John had a very important job. He was supposed to get people ready for Jesus, God's promised Messiah. People started to repent. They turned away from their sins and turned to God for forgiveness. Then John baptized them in the Jordan River. Baptism was a picture that the people's sins had been washed away. John preached, someone greater than me is coming. I am not worthy to remove his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. John was talking about Jesus. By this time, Jesus was an adult. He went to see John the Baptist at the Jordan River. When John saw Jesus, he said, here is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus told John that he wanted to be baptized. But John didn't think he should baptize Jesus. I need you to baptize me, John said. Why do you want me to baptize you? John was confused. He baptized people who confessed their sins. Jesus never sinned. Jesus said, allow me to be baptized. God says this is right. So John agreed and he baptized Jesus. Jesus immediately came up out of the water. Suddenly the heavens opened and Jesus saw the Holy Spirit coming down on him like a dove. God's voice came from heaven. This is my son, the voice said. I love him and I am very pleased with him. Jesus never sinned, but he obeyed God and was baptized like sinners are baptized. Baptism reminds us of Jesus' death and resurrection. It reminds us that when we trust in Jesus, we turn from sin and start a new life, a life lived for Jesus.
0: So as we unpack this passage today, we, we talk about who is Jesus and then in turn, who are we actually as we're kind of connected to Jesus in the waters of baptism. So first, who is Jesus? And, and we actually have somebody telling us who Jesus is at the end of this scripture passage. Uh, especially if you read through Matthew chapter 3, which will kind of be the basis of this message, right? At the end, Matthew especially says, look at this, pay attention to this, the heavens actually open up, the Holy Spirit comes down on Jesus looking like a dove, and then Pay extra attention to this. God says, you are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. Who is Jesus? He is the beloved son of God. He lives a perfect life. And even in the baptism that he goes and and goes through with John, Jesus is perfectly accomplishing God's will for his life. He is God's beloved son, and everything he does pleases God because he lives perfectly in line with God's will. And so who are, who are we? Who am I? Well, we look at Jesus over here being perfect and beloved, and sometimes it feels like, well, I'm way over here. I'm, I'm pretty sinful. I'm pretty selfish. Most of my life I don't really worry about why God would have me do anything. I don't really worry about who God says I am. I kind of look inside of myself to say who I want to be. Sometimes I, I call what's fair whatever, whatever I want to happen. And sometimes even when I'm trying to deal to be fair, I try to make sure that, that I get my own portion that I get what's coming to me rather than thinking about other people. And if I look honestly at my life, I see a lot of selfishness. But I want to live with God. I want to be with Jesus. And there's kind of a big gap between me and Jesus. Have you ever... Have you ever lived like a distance away from somebody that it's kind of a little bit too far for you to make a day trip, but you really want to see that person? So you say, okay, we'll meet up halfway and we'll just spend the day together. Tell me I'm not the only one that's done this before. Okay. And, and so you, you agree on a halfway point. And the first thing you do when you agree on that halfway point is you look up how far it is from you and And when it comes up, it's like, wow, an hour and 53 minutes, that seems kind of far. Well, how far is it for Janet? An hour and 20 minutes, that's so much for halfway, right? And when we meet somebody halfway, we're kind of calculating. We want to know exactly how far I'm going to go and exactly how far the other person is going to go. And for some reason, whenever you meet up halfway, it feels like you're going farther, and the truth is, we do this so often in our own relationships too, right? Just meet me halfway. You know, if you haven't actually met somebody halfway at distance, I'm sure you've heard that phrase before, just meet me halfway. You, know, you, you do the dishes, I'll make dinner. You watch the kids, I'll fix the car. We live in a world of compromises where we try to meet each other halfway. But our distance as sinful sinners, with the identity of sinful sinners from the identity of Jesus, who is the perfect, beloved Son of God, is like infinity miles away. And if you divide infinity by two, you still have infinity. And the truth is, as we look at this gap, we can't even take a step toward being the perfect, beloved Son of God that Jesus was. So what does Jesus do? He comes from being the perfect, beloved Son of God, and he goes into the waters of baptism. Jesus doesn't meet us halfway, but he meets us all. All the way, and he comes into water, which is the most frequent thing you come across in your world, right? Wherever human beings are present, water is there. We're we're made up of 97% water or something ridiculous like that, right? Water is everywhere. Jesus comes into water, and he comes to be baptized by John. And when When Jesus comes into the water, John says, what are you doing, Jesus? This is a baptism for sinners. You have no sin, but Jesus actually comes all the way into the place of sinners, right? Where you and I belong in the waters of baptism, Jesus comes into those waters to meet us. And in the same way that God invites us at our baptism to bring all of the sins we've collected through our lives and all the sins we will collect, to bring that baggage to the baptismal font and leave it there, in his baptism, Jesus goes under the water sinless and he comes up sinless, but all the while he collects the baggage of your sin and carries it with him through his ministry, until the day that he would take the place of sinners once and for all on the cross. And on the cross, Jesus takes that baggage out, the filthy rags of your sins, and wears them on himself and pays the price. You see, what, what we see in Jesus' baptism is the beginning of this identity swap that Jesus does with us. Right? He becomes a sinful sinner on the cross. He comes the whole way to us in the waters of baptism, stands in our place so that he could carry us to be who he is. And now, by being baptized, we are connected with Jesus' life. Through baptism, We have everything that Jesus has. And even though when you're baptized, you you might not remember the heavens opening up and, and this dove descending on you. You might not remember the voice of God coming from the sky. But the Holy Spirit did descend on you at baptism, whether you saw it or not. And God's word was there. Even if it didn't come from the sky, he spoke it through a human being, through the pastor. He speaks his word to you. He calls you his beloved child. Who are you? You are God's beloved child. You aren't the sinful sinner anymore because Jesus took that person to the cross. You are God's beloved child. And I know, I know that a lot of the times we live our lives and we see how much we are the sinner. Right? We, we live with that reality. And at the same time, we, we long to hear the reality that we are God's beloved child. And we kind of live in this tension between these two things being pulled back and forth in them. And as we gather together in this place, we acknowledge that tension. As every Sunday, we confess our sins and how sinful we are right at the beginning of service. And then we're reminded again that we are not just that sinful sinner, but we are a beloved child of God because of what Jesus does for us. And that tension is actually only resolved on the cross as Jesus gives up his life for the forgiveness of all of our sins. It begins in his baptism. It continues through our baptisms, and it continues every single day of our lives as God reminds you, you're his baptized, beloved child. Amen? Amen.